Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Okay, welcome to the Coffee Clatch uh, Life with Autism, Autism Dads, where we discuss anything autism-related from a dance perspective. A big thank you, of course, to the Coffee Clatch for helping make this series possible. Hear our past episodes and other hosts with their shows at thecoffeeclatch.com. I'm Joel Manzer, leader editor of autism.com, and my co-host is Rob Borsky of the autismdad.com. So, Rob... Um, today, today we um, last week we talked about a lot of things. Did I just get muted? Supports. Are you there yet? Welcome back. Are you there? I'm here. Are you here? Oh, I just heard muted. Muted. Wow. Yeah, do you feel? Do you feel Never special? Mind. Don't you just love these technical I don't know. things? It may just be the voices in my head. <laughs> it might just be the voices in my head, man. It's been one of those days. <laughs> well, well, you know, last week Please we were continue. talking about, um, oh. yeah, we were talking about support systems and all that type of stuff. And then uh, um, a, a common question that I hear is, what do dads feel like when or go through when they hear about their their kid having this diagnosis of autism? Right. So. We we said, hey, why don't we talk about that? Sure, why not? Let's go for it. So when you you got three kids on the spectrum, so yeah, I've like been through it thrice. Yeah. <laughs> Are you awake? DDT. Yeah. Um, okay. I've used thrice a couple times today already. It's my uh, word of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some I've, of the uh, uh, challenges? What were some of the challenges uh, you had to deal with? Well, you know, I think it's I think it's different for everybody, you know. I mean, um when my oldest was diagnosed out of in two thousand four, two thousand five. Uh I mean I, I knew about autism, right? I mean I've heard the word and I've seen Rain Man and all that stuff, but uh I I didn't really I, I guess I didn't really make that connection as to to what it really was because I I hadn't educated myself at the time because I, I didn't know anything, you know it hadn't it hadn't come into my life, uh, so I, I wasn't um, I guess I wasn't 
too emotional about it at first. Um, but as, as time went on and I started realizing, um, you know, that, that sort of everything was going to change. Uh, I, I think that it became more and more difficult. The more, especially the more I saw my son struggle, um, the harder it was for me to kind of cope with, um, the the subsequent diagnoses when when it, when it came to um my my middle and my youngest uh, Elliot and Emmett um <clears throat> by that time I, I was very well educated uh in that area and I was all too aware of what a diagnosis like that meant and um when uh, when actually actually Elliot and Emmett were both diagnosed about the same time because they, were, they both went through um, the autism clinic at Akron Children's Hospital uh, at the same time. And so uh, it was – Elliot was actually, I believe, officially diagnosed first. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I cried when they, when they, when they, um, when the doctor said that, you know, you're looking at – autism again and it, it didn't actually I, I was very resistant to Elliot being diagnosed because my frame of reference to what autism was was my oldest son Gavin and, and he's sort of on the extreme end of things and so I, I always looked at Elliot as I mean you, know, you hate the word normal but you know what I mean like normal by comparison um, until we took him to uh his, um, whatever they call that, like introduction, what do they call it? Uh, he was going into preschool, and it was like uh, like an open house, uh, like a couple of days before to help the kids sort of get used to what was going on. And when I saw him to um, a classroom full of neurotypical kids, he stuck out, you know, and oh, yeah. that that killed me. I, I I ended up having to to walk out of the building, and I I went around the back of the building, and I just cried because it it was so it it had finally hit me that that this was the reality, you know. And I mean, it didn't change who he was, it didn't change anything like that. But the reality hits you, you know. <clears throat> and uh, that was really that was a really difficult time for me. Emmett was diagnosed officially shortly after, I believe, if I have – it's a time frame, so I'll sort of jumble together after all these years. But, um, right. His his was a more complicated diagnosis because we actually thought he was deaf, and uh, they considered him to be nonverbal. Uh, but it turned out after extensive testing, you know, he failed all his hearing tests or whatever, and then they did this test for <coughs> the ABR where they uh, checked – his the hook of electrodes to your brain and they listen for or, or they, they they sedate the child and they listen they look to see if if um the brain is actually processing sound and that's what led to once we ruled out um hearing loss uh it opened up the door to autism and then it was a relatively short period of time after that before he was officially diagnosed they told us he would never talk um Mm-hmm. And and that was really really hard. It was really really hard. Um, 
Now, when when you got all these diagnoses going on, of course, you finally have a diagnosis, and you have you're you're able to have some level of plan of action, right? Some level. <laughs> you know, there's. And I say this with laughter because you well, know what. Well, I mean, because yeah, you know, I mean, there's there is. Um, I I think. Well, I don't know how it's done elsewhere in the state of Ohio or elsewhere in the country, but, you know, Akron Children's Hospital, they really didn't let you leave without an action plan. And so, you know, they they connected you with resources, and um, you know, the, the biggest thing was, like, occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, things like that. Um, right. And then we've been in family counseling since my oldest, since Gavin was, I don't know, four years old. Uh, and then as the kids were born, you know, we just sort of brought them into it as well because Gavin was a very difficult child for, for many, many years. And, um, you know, we got on the therapy thing right away just to kind of make sure that everybody was doing okay and, and kind of keep tabs on everything. But there really isn't, I don't, I don't know that there's really an action plan. Um, because there's a long period of time. And, and the period of time is probably different for everybody, but there's a long period of time where you just, like, your whole world just changes. And right. everything that you had had planned on doing or or happening or things like that, it, it's all been turned upside down. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of dads, I, I was actually talking, I, I've been taking a lot of um I've been talking to a lot of the autism moms lately because most of my readers are autism moms and um you know we were talking about you know what's going on with the dads like how like what kind of role do a lot of dads play in in kids with autism and a lot of people say that you know that the the, the father is uh kind of gets stuck in that denial phase where you don't want to acknowledge that, you know, your child has autism. You don't want to um, accept that, you know, you're not going to coach a baseball team or something like right. that. Right. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of emotions. I mean, there's there's the aspect of expectations that are no longer going to be there. You know, or Or the absence of expectations. You have no idea what to expect. Yeah. You know, it's hard it's hard yeah. enough. You know, I think when you have a child any child, you know, you're sort of mm-hmm. flying blind, right? I mean, you you learn as you go, but but there's sort of um a lit path ahead of you. I mean, you know that for mm-hmm. the most part you're going to follow this path. Right. When you when you get hit with a diagnosis like autism, there is no path. And yeah. well, because nobody, every, every kid is different. Every every exactly. kid is different. I mean, I think when for for our our story on our end, it's you know our we knew something was a challenge with our with our son. Um, but we had it. We had an idea that it was autism. But you know, when you're trying to tell the pediatricians and you're trying to tell the speech therapists, hey, we know he there's something wrong. Can you just confirm it? And when you're finally, um, and my wife ended up taking our son to an, like <laughs> halfway across the state to get a diagnosis, and 
you know, then you got to wait six months for the because, you know, you got all the professionals looking at it. And then you finally get that piece of paper. You know, you finally get that um, thing where you're fighting for the diagnosis and you're fighting for it. And then it's like, yes, it's PDD, NOS, autism. Right, and, and you're fighting for something that you end up not wanting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it's and it's four years of a fight, and then finally you get the diagnosis, and it's like, oh, snap. You know what it's like? It's like I, I always try to get this, when I try to get this point across to people, um, you, you've seen The Princess Bride, right? Six-fingered man? Right. Yeah. It's like, you, in, in my mind, okay, especially with Gavin, because he is extremely complex, in my head, it makes sense that, you know, if we get a diagnosis, if we can figure out what this is, I'll feel better. You know, I'll, I'll feel like yeah. you put a face, a name to a face. You, you know what I mean? But the reality mm-hmm. is you get a diagnosis and all it does is make it more real. And right. and it, you don't get that, at least for me, you don't get that peace of mind that, that you thought you mm-hmm. were going to get. It's kind of like, you know, he 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 finds the guy that killed his father and, and like, what do you do now? I mean, all all you've right. done is focus so much on on finding an answer, and then when you get the and answer... now you have the answer. What the hell do you do? I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Well, and, and that's and where I think a lot of dads funny. get stuck. Yeah. it's I know I was. You know, I had to... I had to um, take a step back and go, okay, well, I know I'm not going to go to Little League, you know, at this point in time. I know I'm not going to um, see my son pitch or, or do that because, you know, I'm not going right. to see him um, play football or whatever. I can probably see him tackle one of, you know, his friends or, <laughs> you know, you know that type of stuff. But I don't think that's the type of tackling we're expecting. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not football. It's more like a wrestle. Um, or appropriate, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay, it's not really a team thing. It's just, you know, he goes all Terry Tate. Okay, so... It's fun for him. He likes to tackle people. Yeah, it's fun, but, you know, it's... Whatever, it's like... Pick was like <laughs> well, yeah, I was talking to to another dad. I think I also told you this. It's like um, your your expectation, your dreams for your kid, you know, or yeah. just being a dad, just being a dad, your hopes and dreams of just being a dad. Um they're not going to be what you expect them to be. No. In some instances, you feel as though all those expectations are lost. You know, all all of those um, those moments of like, we're going to go camping, we're going to go do this. No, no, all that's... And what I've realized, and and I think this might provide hope for those listening, is that it isn't that they're lost. It's that they've changed. You know, there's, there's different hopes. There's different expectations. There's... There's different things, but it's taken me like a decade to come to that realization, you know, that it's not lost. He has a whole different set of skills, whole different different you, levels of interest. Are you saying it took you a decade? Yeah, man, and I'm still learning. Wow. <laughs> well, no, no, I meant like before you accepted the diagnosis? Well, it took four years just to fight for a diagnosis. Oh, but okay, so you're at... Six years in, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know I, it's to, to fight for the diagnosis. It took four years for my wife and I to get the diagnosis, 
And then, you know, then you get the emails with, you know, relatives pitching no hitters, you know, oh, their, their yeah. kids pitching no hitters and stuff. And or, just, or Facebook becomes like the most depressing thing in the world to go through. And yeah, everybody, so you just have to take a break. It's <laughs> just like, took my, shut up, took my kids to see a movie or, you know, which, which is great. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not putting it down, but like, it's there, a, it's there a are so many, reminder. yeah, of the things that you you can't do, and yeah. it it doesn't mean that but somebody might like be a, able to do it. Yeah, it took me like a decade to come to the realization of you know what that's okay because down the road we will, you know, down the road. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think. I think I came around. I came around pretty quick because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just sort of, and, and it's not, I mean, everybody does things in a different way. And I think part of the reason that I dealt so well with it or more quickly is because when I, I had started, when I started Lost and Tired, um, my my previous blog, that became a huge outlet for me. That's how I processed everything. It's how I, um, how, how I yeah. coped with all the, the change. But, you know, the bottom line is I think what people don't understand is that, there's actually a period of grief that you have mm-hmm. to go through and and you can't fight it. You can't feel guilty about whatever you have to go through it. You have to embrace it because mm-hmm. um, you are, there is a loss, you know, I mean the life yeah. that you had envisioned, I mean, from the moment you, you, you know, you just, you, you find out that you're having a child, your brain just starts mm-hmm. automatically, you know, the moms are, are um, nesting, you know, I mean, they're, they're getting the house, mm-hmm. And, and the environment ready and, and the guys tend to be like the the planner like the you know the sports usually the, uh, stereotypically speaking the provider sti- you know, pro- well yeah but 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 the like the so camping and do all this yeah stuff. like father and son type things and and right or father and, and so or father daughter thing yeah I mean I'm all it's all boys here so I yeah. never went through that but but you know I mean guys don't like to say that or talk about it or whatever, but it's true. I mean, we all, we all do it. You know, you all have in your, your mind, you know, what things are going to be like. And, um, you know, you start even thinking as far as taking them driving, you know, learning to drive or going to prom or first date. I mean, all these, all these things that, that you kind of mentally go through. And, and then when you get hit with that diagnosis, it, for me, it didn't so much erase everything but it threw everything into this huge area of unknown, and right. there was n- there was no predictability in anything, and right. uh, in that that made me very I, I felt very vulnerable. Um, I felt like there wasn't, you know, as a father, okay, and as, and as, as a guy, you know. Um, I, I think inherently we want to fix things and we want to always be protectors and we want to always make things better. And you can't fix this and you can't make it better. But right. what you have to do is, is you have to accept the situation for what it is, um, you know, pick up and move forward. And, yeah. and I think, well, it's, I, it's like, you know, you talked about, um, you talked about how lost and tired your previous blog, or that's now the autism com. Right. How you just share, you know, it's your outlet. It's it's like to blog things. about things. Yeah. And yeah, well, of course. But you know, the, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to blog 
about autism. Um, yeah. In fact, when the the uh, I blogged for a long time, but autism was something that I rarely blogged about. But the folks at at um, Zanga dot com, right. they they were just like, you know, Joel, if you're interested um, to head up a niche site, why don't you talk about autism? You know, head that up. I'm like, I don't know what to write about. You know, just our experiences. But I, I think one of the challenges I had is, you know, whenever we first got the diagnosis, is learning about my son. You know, right. he doesn't he doesn't communicate like other kids. So how do I know what he's thinking? How do I know what he's going Are through? There, I can't just ask. Yeah, him. I mean, there isn't that there isn't that uh, parenting guide for dummies or something. You know what I mean? Like parenting yeah. one. I mean, there is no. Yeah, what is he going through? I mean, kids how don't come with instruction what? manuals. But this is you know what it's like. It's like putting together a puzzle without a picture. Exactly. Um, those generic you puzzles, you know, with just a white box. Yeah, you just have all these shapes that you got to try and. I mean, it's a process. A lot of it's yeah. trial and error. You know, you you have to keep finding what fits and what works. And. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if it wasn't for forward. other parents blogging about their stories and and stuff, I wouldn't understand what other parents go through. And if it wasn't for, you know, people who are on the spectrum sharing their insight yeah. and expressing themselves, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm actually had my eyes opened on a few issues, and it's actually relieved me. You know, my, my personal anxiety is relieved when I see my son having a meltdown, and I'm like, what in the world started this? You know, and then right. after reading up, you know, what – what uh, Carly Fleischman or Carrie Magro, John O. Robinson, you know, all these other people that, that share their story, um, you know, you you start getting more of a, an idea of, okay, this is really what he, he might be going through. And then they said, I wish my parents did this. And then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try that. Just try it. And then I would it's try an, it out, it's whatever it is. It's an invaluable source of insight. Exactly. I mean, it was like it was like flipping on a light switch between my son and I. You know, he mm-hmm. he's always happy-go-lucky for the most part. You know, but when he started seeing me trying to connect with him, just trying, that mm-hmm. was like doors open. It was a big deal. And well, not, I mean, that I, made, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say I, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, knowing knowing you, I mean, I'm sure you were trying to connect. But it's like mm-hmm. finding that right frequency or, or, or tuning in to that right station that that allows you to sort of enter his world. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. and then that's when a lot of this stuff happens. And, and people on the spectrum that that are that are willing to share, uh, you know, these insights have been phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in my experience, I mean, I have a lot of um, adult autistics that uh, frequent. Uh, my support forums or the site or on Facebook or something. And, you know, if, if I'm running into a problem, you know, don't know what to do because I mean, who does know what to do? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. They can provide, they provide insight like, well, have you tried this or maybe it's more sensory than what you think it is. Or, and it's like, you know, I never Mm -hmm. thought about it from, from that perspective, but you know what, you might be right. You know, and and, and I would never know if they were unwilling to share. Yeah. You know, but I think all those, all those emotions of, you know, I don't process emotions as well as some other people do, you know, personally. I mean, I I get a little bit more stoic on some things. But 
the reality is, is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy. You know, we don't process emotions as well as, like, some people who are wired differently, um, like yeah. women, for example. You know, women <laughs> women will talk through their emotions. I mean, just this episode yeah. by itself, we got, like, five minutes left, and we're just touching the tip of the iceberg on the anxiety we have to deal with, you know, of, okay, we get the diagnosis, now what? You know, what do we do? We kind of, we kind of, I know for me, it's like, I felt kind of lost, you know? So my wife took point on a lot of stuff and I just kind of yeah. said, Hey, what do you need? You know, I, I'm, I'm here in a support capacity. I can't take point here because I'm lost. And so what ended up happening in how we take care of our son, and I've seen other families do this is that the wife takes point in certain areas you know, with school and stuff like that, and the dad takes place yeah. in other areas. And so you strength. But, yeah, so we try to build on each other's strengths and stuff like that, whereas my wife will take point on, you know, more of the personal care and the, and, and that type of stuff. And, and she'll say, Joel, can you, can you inquire with the, you know, everybody else on about this issue? So I kind of deal mm-hmm. with the public. She deals with more of the private. And we build on our strengths in those areas. And I think, and I've seen other families do the same thing, um, you know that type of thing. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm just kind of like there's a lot of anxiety there just right out of the gate. And I think, I mean, what what would probably be, you know, some tips that we can pass off to people that are listening, you know, to help out. Well, area? <clears throat> I don't know that there really are. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, because I mean, because frankly. <laughs> everybody's experience is going to be so different because there's so many dynamic pieces and parts, you know, that, that, that people's experiences just aren't the same. But the one thing that, that I do think we all have in common, most of us anyways, is, is that we, you know, you'll feel all these different emotions. And I write about this all the time because I think it's so important that people understand that regardless of whether their child has autism or neurotypical or, or something else, um, parents feel things because they're human. And so you might get angry or frustrated or overwhelmed or even resentful sometimes, you know, Um, because there's an enormous amount of responsibility that comes along with uh, being a special needs parent. You know, Mm -hmm. um, people, you know, I I get slack sometimes because I, I only talk about special needs parenting because that's what I know. Um, but it really is. I mean, especially when you talk to someone who has a neurotypical child and a child on the spectrum, they're in a good place to know exactly how much more difficult one is than the other, you know. I mean, they all have their challenges, right. but but there is there is a significant amount of responsibility that comes along with raising a child on the spectrum that isn't there otherwise. Mm-hmm. And you'll feel things. I mean, there's times that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I get frustrated and I get resentful, I get angry, Um you know, I'm like, oh my god, you guys, why can't we just just eat your dinner? I don't want to make it four <laughs> times. I don't feel like right. driving to six different places to see if they have this chicken nuggets in this flipping wrapper, you know, that that matches what it always <laughs> has been. But you know what? But you know, and 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 what else? What happens is if if you if you feel those things, 
you have to you have to embrace it. You know, you you have to acknowledge yeah. that. Look, this is this is how I feel because it's a normal reaction to an extreme mm-hmm. situation. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I don't love my kids. It means I'm a human being, and yeah. and there's yeah, nothing think... wrong. You shouldn't feel guilty. There's people we we feel guilt all the time for all kinds of unreasonable things, right. and and that's something gonna, that we should I, not do a yeah, part two. I think we're gonna. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do a part two on this one. All right. The uh, probably the only the only tip that I could be is uh, share is not really for the um, the parents because every parent has, like you said, has their own thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a level of sensitivity to families and professionals who are trying to support autism parents, right. you know, in those areas. And you know, it's it's like, oh, okay, just how can I help? You know, and just be there. Sometimes, sometimes presents are there. Um, mm-hmm. If someone's present, um, I think that's all of our time for the week, man. So uh, and that went by fast for this week. I know it did. We're gonna have to revisit this one. Um, that's a good. So we're just gonna topic. let her. Let her. <laughs> um, I think uh, next week we're gonna um, visit another topic. Stay tuned on our social media channels. Of course, thank you again to The Coffee Clatch for their help in making the show possible. You can learn more about The Coffee Clatch at thecoffeeclatch.com. You can find Rob online via theautismdad.com or also at Facebook Twitter via theautismdad. You can also learn more from many families with autism, including my own, on autismable.com or on Facebook and Twitter. It's your name, Autismable. Yep. And thank you very much. See you next time, guys. Thanks.